Nation. Rules the nation. With version. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the last ever episode of Tumbling Dice. Oh, no. Is it already <laughs> that, that time? <laughs> yeah. It's hello, goodbye. Hello, goodbye. Hello, goodbye. Um, yeah, I am your host, Ali, and today we have two very special guests, Mr. Dennis Van Leeuwen and Miss Nana Ajoa. And, oh, go ahead. No, I wanted to say hi. Hi, hi Ali. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, Today's episode is one close to my heart. It is the reggae and dub music special. And the idea is the three of us are just going to deep dive into different tracks we like, how we got into reggae, and just see where the conversation goes. So that's kind of the plan. And I want to first start off by maybe introducing you both, and especially why reggae and how you both got into reggae. Because... Dennis is a former rock star, and Nana is an indie music star, so the the reggae thing is an interesting connection. So maybe Dennis will start with you. Yeah, it is. Um, it was maybe very unlikely for me to to um, to. I've actually played in a reggae band before. I was, you know, a, a rock guitar player. I was always a rock guitar player, but I was playing rock guitar in a reggae band. But the funny thing happened. Uh, um, I was born in 1971. And I bought my first single, uh, a seven-inch single in Alpha and the Rhine, where I was living at the time. And it was a, was this this Pastidachi track. Maybe it was because yeah. it was for sale or something, because <laughs> there was not really a reason for me to buy it. But I just bought it and I came home. I remember it very well. Because my mom said, you know, you're not going to spend all your money on music, are you? I said, yes, I am. <laughs> I'm going nice and, and, and this was... The the, this was life. <laughs> yeah, it was a track that was out on the radio. Uh I think it was sort of sort of a family family group, like all, all brothers and, and maybe sisters, uh, kids. You had the Jackson Five, and then you had the reggae version of the Jackson Five, which was uh, musical youth. Song was out on the radio. Was it probably in the top forty? And I really liked the track, and I bought the single and I played it maybe a hundred thousand times because I had one single, so I only <laughs> played that one. So, um, that, yeah, did I go into reggae because of that? No, I don't. I don't think so because I was buying a lot of other music but 10 years later i started studying uh a little bit maybe nine years later i started studying in leiden and i met this guy on my student student club and and he said i'm a bass player and i'm like what do you play and then it was like i'm in a reggae band and we became friends and i joined that group as a rock guitar player in in a in a dub reggae band and i did that for seven years how many people were in the group as well well i changed Changed a little bit, but we had two backing backing vocalists, mm-hmm. bass player, drummer, keyboard player, two guitar players. One was the lead singer and one was me. Sort of a Bob Marley outfit, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big comparison. Yeah, yeah. But it's like if you look at the stage, you know, yeah, you got the yeah, backing vocals structured. and the guitar player, and we didn't sound like Bob Marley at all, I can tell you. But it had this sort of a similar, you know, thought behind it. And you made your own tracks or covers? Yeah, it was all Dutch. Rotter, we call it Rotterdam Stadig, which is Rotterdam. The accent had to be in it, but it was Dutch <laughs> lyrics. 
and we mostly played coffee shops and 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 skate parties and and surf bars in Spain and no way. which is traveled you know where wherever the cool uh, surfer dudes were went and then we got invited to you know play on the beach and also in Scheveningen in, in, in near nice. the Hague we did a couple of shows there but it was mostly a Rotterdam thing coffee shop thing nice not too bad I didn't know you traveled with them as well yeah yeah That's we really did cool. we did play in, in Tarifa which is all the way down south in yeah in Spain uh, yeah the surf spot there nice France yeah and Nana how did you how did you get into reggae um yes I guess through my parents they both uh, listened to reggae when I was really young um so and I still have like their record collect- collection so it's kind of like gone with me all my life um I never played reggae, actually. Never played like in a band, in a reggae band. But uh, my parents, my mom was a bass player also, so she played. Uh, yeah, she was just really into bass, heavy music, like all kind of funk stuff, but also reggae. And um, yeah, I also went to my first reggae concerts when I was like 12 with my mom. Oh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> and I was just uh, called her this afternoon to check like what were, what were these festivals and where did we go actually because I have these vague memories of like the smell. <laughs> <laughs> what is that, mom? Yeah. That <laughs> like there was, it, it, I don't know what the rule is, but there is no rule. I think when reggae concerts are in the Netherlands, you can just smoke inside always. You can just smoke, like, yeah. Like when you're at a, mm. another concert, uh, they will find you right away in the audience. Like, you stop smoking. But at any reggae concert, it's like just everything is blank. So, yeah, <laughs> I just have like these memories. And, um, yeah, I don't know. For me, it's just, uh, yeah, when I listen to it, it, it reminds me of, yeah, when I was young, I guess. Yeah. Nice, nice. And... Um, Let's do another tune then. We'll do one of yours, Nana. Do you have a preference? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> okay. How about uh, Hansworth? Let's see. Hansworth Revolution okay. from Steel Pulse. Why did you pick this track? Uh, yeah, all the tracks I, co- I chose uh, are all tracks from records <laughs> that I own that uh, used to be my mom's or my dad's. And this one, I think, believe, uh, yeah, used to be my mom's. So I've got two Steel Pulse records, and I think this is their first one. And uh, yeah, that's just like, yeah, for me, uh, it feels like, I don't know, it's just, uh, I've known it all my life. So uh, I really like this this one, and I think of the second record as well. And uh, yeah, they're a band from the UK, I think. And it's a bit later on. In I think all of the records of my mom's and dad's are maybe end 70s, beginning of the 80s already, mm-hmm. kind of going into the 80s. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I really love this this whole record. It's, it's a great one. And for you both, do you have... I was talking about this recently with someone where with reggae, it's kind of a gray area in, in terms of... I find people either really, really are into it or they don't care at all for the genre or maybe know just a couple of Bob Marley tracks. Do yeah. you find that with friends 
you have some people who are really into reggae, or is it mostly an insular or, f- or yeah. family thing? I've unfortunately, like a lot of my friends don't like reggae. They even say like they hate it. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I'm really curious because I think it's also because of my my generation. I think it's um, yeah. It's maybe when my mom listened to it, it was kind of a cool thing, left of center. Uh, she was a bit of punk first and then into reggae, like really rebelling kind of person, uh, which went really well with that age. But in my time, I think everybody, f- yeah, my friends, like musicians I'm in bands with, <laughs> don't like it because they feel it's it's kind of a gimmicky thing or something. Oh. I don't know. And Even I, for bassists? Like no friends who, who are bassists? Bassists are different. <laughs> <laughs> they, they They're so open-minded yeah, people. Yeah, they, <laughs> they usually like reggae. No, but uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. I, yeah, it, it, it was a bit sad, but I yeah, it's really hard to explain to somebody why something is good. You just you know, you just have to feel it, or or yeah, you can kind of uh, you can force somebody to love it. And I think for me, I just had the yeah the, that it, that I went to those concerts also that that made me into it because I think reggae concerts are really different from any other concerts because mm. it's like this I don't know feeling of love and 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 we're all together really really strong togetherness that i don't know it's it's pretty special and i think if you yeah if you go to a reggae concert you will understand the music better maybe yeah yeah but my favorite concert i've ever been to was jimmy cliff and it's the crowd is so first it's the most diverse crowd i've ever seen at any concert Mm -hmm. and indeed what you're saying there's just this sense of community that is unlike any any other show yeah it's It's a very i think it's very social it's a social type of music. It's got very strong political lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, from a musician point of view, I know that 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 Nana is surrounded by a lot of musicians. It's it's quite a simple, structured. Mm-hmm. Maybe you type can both go into the structure music. for guitar and bass as well. I mean, it's not easy to play. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact it wasn't easy because I couldn't do it. I was like, what, what am I? What's my task here? You know, like everybody's got a little task, and and nobody's really. Compared to rock music, you got the bass. Oh no 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 no! It keeps going, keeps going. The guitar over it. Yeah 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 yeah. And the lead singer, blah blah blah, and the drum, goo 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 goo. You know, it's everybody's playing over each other, and it's a nice coherent blend of you know. Think of Nirvana or any rock band. Most of the time, it's like layered at the same time. And with reggae, you could hear it in that last track. Steel pulls like everybody's in between. You know, the drums, the little percussion stuff the chop and the vocals it's all like very rhythmic and if you if you do that well which you know most jamaican bands can do very well or english uh groups some dutch groups can do the same but but it's really roots in a, in a certain groove and it's like a train you know like once you in, uh, jump on that train it just goes on and you can just do it for but it's very simple in a way but I, I wouldn't call it simple to 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 neck reggae. But it it's like for a guitar player, you could be like chick, 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 chick. That's your task, and then the other one. So everybody has this little piece of the pie. It's also social, you know. Like nobody's yeah, exactly. in each other's way. Yeah. You need to collaborate. And uh, yeah, I think that's it's really beautiful when you get into the groove. You kind of like. That's a beautiful thing, like when you're just listening to it or where you're playing along. It's like, oh yeah, this is something different than yeah. I didn't yeah. And then like in a rock band, it's 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 oh. a different mind setting. But yeah, I don't know why why it doesn't come across like that anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Then let's do another tune. We'll go back. Dennis, we're going to do... Uh, um, do you have a preference? Yeah, I think um, the, the Street 66. Okay. Um, um, it's, it's a good example about... Uh, of a good example of the groove, like sort of the basics. It, it was actually a tune that when I joined the band, the lead singer said, like, did you play any record before in your life? But I told him about the Pasta Dutchie track. And then he played me this song, which is all the basic ingredients of what it should be mm-hmm. musically, like the one drop. I will, I will get into that later before I should get to technical. Yeah. <laughs> the room was dark, dusk, howling softly six o'clock. Charcoal light, the fine sight was moving black. The sound was music, mellow, steady flow. On mine, just mystic red, green, red, green. You're seen. No man would dance but leap and shake. That shock tree feeling right. So, so yeah, what? Um, so I'm a guitar player, but but when I was in that reggae band, we had a, um, a drummer that, that didn't always show up because he was, I don't know arrested or stoned <laughs> or uh, just forgot about it um so i actually picked the position of the drummer in in the in the rehearsals so actually and i got a, a little studio where, where i was living in rotterdam with a drum kit and i, I learned the the one drop so if you have four counts one two three four one the, the one drop is on the three the one two uh, the chop is on the two and the four and the one drop is on the three and and this is very if you're a drummer you, and you think rock you, you want to do completely the opposite but that's what the guitar is doing and the and the drummer is doing one and if you once you learn that and and you can play with the hi-hat and play with the kick and, and do the right fills it's really something even if you're not a great drummer but you're you're put your time you can really easily become a really cool reggae drummer and it's it's you just need to let go of everything else you want to do just do that if you do that and it's super fun so that's a really nice way to learn how to how to drum and so i did do the drumming part also that's yeah. awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah really cool yeah i think it's what you said earlier like uh like it's not like disciplined but everybody knows like where the strong suit of the instrument is mm. and it really works together in a in such a and it makes way. a really big yeah. difference if somebody stops yeah. You know, if, if the bass is going and the, and the drummer s- stops playing, you, you, the groove goes on. It's like, no, no, t- bring back the drums. And then it comes back again and it's like, yeah, mm. please do that. So yeah, every time somebody stops, this is why dub reggae is so interesting because you, you, you mute the chop or you mute the, the, the keyboards or you mute the vocals or you put a delay. You can just really play with it. Mm-hmm. And the train keeps moving the whole time. So it's super interesting. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I wanted to go, maybe now's a good point as well, a little bit into like dub versus reggae and everything because it, it is a little confusing, I think, for a lot of people. Like, what is ska? What is reggae? What is dub? So do you all have any opinions on that? Or otherwise I can like... There's facts. Well, yeah, there's facts. <laughs> no, but I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think dub's really <laughs> reggae. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think like ska is kind of like... Where 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 it came from, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's funny enough; it's not in Jamaica. 
it yeah. is the, the former colonies from, I think from Trinidad actually. Yeah, and, and they they go to Great Britain and mm. started forming bands and, and they go chick 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 very yes. upbeat. Yeah, very upbeat. Yeah. And then I think they influence a white uh, 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 band culture. And they go. It even goes into like the rude boys and the and the and mm. the, the the skinheads that, yeah, that like that. And that music is played on radio, that is broadcasted in, in Jamaica. So the Jamaicans hear the sky and they they slow it down because of the temperature. I don't know because they just want to slow it down. <laughs> and they start playing it half tempo. And then you get reggae. So I think that's that's how it went. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like wasn't I, there really, but well, I yeah. looked into it a bit, and with reggae it was. Uh, it is this interesting mix of so there's Mento mm-hmm. and uh, so like kind of J- Jamaican folk and then you had ska, a lot of American R and B and soul music was quite a big influence and then it all just kind of came together. But then in terms of who was the first uh, dub artist or first reggae, that's all a little more up yeah, in the and air. Yeah, and then like there's one, the w- one little one little detail that that was taught to me also by this reggae group that I was in. Yeah, you have the Naya Bingi beat. Which is an African beat, mm-hmm. and it goes boom, boom, cla, ka, boom, 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 taka, taka, boom, 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 taka, boom, boom, and it played on on the drums, and and that beat you can play the chop in it, boom, boom, cha, cha, doom, 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 taka, taka, doom, doom, and that really works, and they say it originates from that, Naya Bingi beat. Nice. And then and then who was the first first group who who started? I really wouldn't know that that. It's really difficult. No, it, it it's basically impossible. Like I w- with dub, I think a lot like King Tubby is is really seen mm. as kind of the originator. But with reggae, I I, th- I think I've got one track in there. Like that's from uh, Jimmy Cliff. It's mm, from my ancestors. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, from uh, I think '69 or something. And it's kind of I think it's about the time that reggae became like a th- like became like a thing because I think just the one year or two years before you had like more. Uh, Rocksteady kind of mm-hmm. stuff, and then uh, this, yeah, this track is kind of like you can still hear. I, I, I don't know, I'm an expert, but it feels like it's still you hear some ska, you heard some, mm-hmm. some, yeah, some old stuff, and then um, yeah, also the sound is like really characteristic to that time, <laughs> which is know, awesome. I love the the story of how Jimmy Cliff got his start. He basically was one of these guys who just really wanted a career in music and was singing all the time. And then he kept getting no's from people. And then he was walking by, it was like a restaurant slash ice cream parlor slash record store and, and begged this guy, like, just listen to me and, you know, maybe we can start music together. And it ended up being the guy, um, I think, oh totally blinking leslie kong i think was his name and then he he starts working with jimmy and goes on to then record with toots and then with the first bob marley recording so awesome. yeah yeah really cool and then uh actually i'm gonna play one more quick track as well because mm-hmm. back to what we were discussing with reggae that 
the interesting thing is how much reggae and dub have influenced so 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 many genres that maybe wouldn't exist without mm-hmm. without dub and reggae and so i will uh go ahead and play one track to kind of give a taste of that and then i'll explain why i picked it later but this is a rockers galore uk tour by mikey dread and the clash This was um, a B-side on a kind of hard-to-find single, but I chose it because I grew up as well listening to just my parents' music, which ended up being a lot of reggae and a lot of The Clash, a lot of punk music. Was your mom in the Cincinnati sound system? No, <laughs> Cincinnati sound system. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was uh, Barbara Streisand and Janet Jackson, so she's, <laughs> she's not in the picture. <laughs> this is very much my dad. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, so w- with The Clash, they drew so much inspiration from reggae and from dub, and they recorded several tracks with uh, Lee Perry, Lee Scratch Perry, and then with Mikey Dredd, who was a big Jamaican radio DJ, and they were just in awe of what they were hearing from Jamaica, and they what they would always ask whenever these producers were in the UK to record with them, or they wanted to go to Jamaica and record with them, and Mikey Dredd ended up going on a world tour with the clash and so he wrote the track about going on a world tour with this random punk band <laughs> and so uh yeah it's really interesting how how that that, that reggae punk connection yeah. you know established itself and again i think it has to do with the social class completely it wasn't it yeah. wasn't like the rich part it was definitely the poor part of town yeah. that got attracted to to either punk or or, or reggae and then also they probably met in the clubs and they could hear each other play and literally started copying, you know, stuff from each other. Yeah. And uh, and also with dub, you know, if you if you you said that the way that instru- in, uh, influenced music, it's it's probably the first char- genre where where did where they did live remixing, mm-hmm. live rapping mm-hmm. over over the remixes, toasting, toasting. Yeah. It's just like this is all happening probably early sixties or something. And, and and there was no rap there, but, but they were already doing it. <laughs> so yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's super influential. It's like it's, it's. I'm trying to think now of all the where it touches dub, you know, of course, electronic music, mm-hmm. um, well, hip hop, and then you have oh yeah, punk music. Like it really, it really touched a lot. And even I think Lee Scratch Perry. I don't know if this is right, but I read that he. Um, he used the first ever sample as well. It was a baby crying. So there are just so, so many backstories. And that guy, wow, what a what an interesting life he has lived. But uh, shall we go to another track? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> cool. um, how about maybe maybe Third World, actually? Tribal War. I think, Dennis, I think this was yours? Yes. I, um if you if you think reggae is like like simple like we we discussed earlier like it's only the, the in this track they, they try to step out of the, the 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 regular beat a little bit the high it's different the whole groove is different but it's still you know, reggae <laughs> 
Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's also like my mom's music. Yeah. No offense, but <laughs> in my <laughs> dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. It was too late already. <laughs> the damage is already done. <laughs> but it's, it's great. It's really great. Yeah. Yeah, Third World uh, was my parents' first dance at their wedding as well. Really? Now that we found love. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. classic one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. funny. So, to, yeah, to, to play that record. <laughs> yeah, totally not my mom's <laughs> pick as well. <laughs> I, I, we haven't yet crossed into the Bob Marley territory. Do you want to go there? Yeah. <laughs> so, Bob Marley. That is Thoughts. amazing. Yeah, hero. yeah, he's a hero. He's a style icon. He's a prophet. He's a great songwriter. Great like songwriter. Yeah. Beautiful person. Maybe not to all his wives, but hopefully <laughs> to all his kids. Great um, soccer player. Great y soccer player. You know, player. I just <laughs> remembered this this morning. My brother was the biggest Bob Marley fan I ever knew. We, I couldn't remember why. I have a pair of, uh, I think they're called Copa Mondials. And it's because mm -hmm. they're my brothers. And because Bob Marley wore them, then he also had to buy them. Oh, but wow. yeah, he was yeah. really, really yeah. good. Uh, it's Adidas. Good uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. with yeah. the three stripes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Like, there's nobody like him. He's, he's yeah, just there. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you go in the world, like oh. everybody, like you go to Indonesia, Bob Marley, go mm -hmm. to Cuba, it's Bob Marley, or oh, maybe not Cuba, maybe Cuba, I don't know, but never yeah. been to Cuba, but it's everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. and also, I think that was what also kind of a bit of the problem with people not liking reggae is like, he is also a lot of like in all the gift shops in Amsterdam yeah. with every, you know, coffee shop, and that's where the gimmicky part comes in. Because he's he's like a yeah like a Nirvana on the H and M shirt you know yeah. it's like that kind of he's there out there brand. with Tupac <laughs> and, you know like all yeah, the classic yeah. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix but on, but on the other hand my my mom told me also that when he died like people were actually like crying in the streets mm. like like that's 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 insane you know I I can't think of any artist today who would die and people would cry on the streets street, that's, yeah that's, that's, uh, yeah. The Very conspiracy sad. theories around his death are also so interesting. Oh, that really? like uh the because it was of cancer, but the idea or one conspiracy that a lot of people, including Lee Perry, believe is that uh he the cancer came from a CIA agent and so he was gifted this yeah, because he had melan melanoma that started in his toe. Mm -hmm. And so the CIA agent gifted him this pair of really nice shoes and then as soon as he went to put them on, he said, Ouch and like uh there was some sort of spike, and they said he, they injected cancer into his foot. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, there's a lot of okay. yeah. a lot of uh, rumors about that. But then they also had the attempted assassination, mm. and mm -hmm. and that was linked uh, in some yeah, ways. He became very CIA. political, and he was very outspoken. Yeah. Yeah. At first, he wasn't, and then no. And then there's this beautiful scene. Yeah, do you do you know that live show where he's bringing the two leaders together and, together it, yeah, and yeah. Then, the, then there's a big. Uh, Thunder yeah. above the stage. Yeah that, yeah, that stuff is sort of, and it's on film. You know, it's yeah. not like yeah. a story. You can actually see it. Yeah, and, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. But uh, and I think the other thing that's that's making him such a big star and legend is that he also uh, was signed to to uh, Island Records, mm -hmm. and and the the people behind that label also made it, I would say, digestible for white people mm -hmm. because they brought in the rock element in the in the. So it was not solely a, a black thing. It was sort of the intention was to make it accessible for for white. Also in the songwriting, it was pop pop songs, you know. 
and and that totally worked for him. I don't know if it was all, you know, his plan, but the record the record company definitely made it uh, accessible for for everybody. That, but that was the another interesting thing was that, that there were a lot of copyright issues around the original tracks because there wasn't copyright, so you had random people could record Bob Marley's music and then upload it later. You can check it on Spotify. Yeah, and he can, he's also playing covers from our, from our yeah. he's just using everything. Everybody but did that at the time also. Exactly. And then at some point, uh, Lee Perry sold their music out to a, a big British label, and that's when they parted ways. And um, I think it was Bunny. Bunny Whaler was not, not too pleased, and then they really cut off contact after that because... Then they we met that publisher in LA. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. With Chris. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How was that? Ah, it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like the old, like an old, old, and he, he used to, you know, sign crazy acts on for for Island, and uh, he was uh, probably the one who tried to who sign tried Bob Marley. Yeah. yeah. Or did sign Bob Marley? And I don't know. I mean, with also with, with it's interesting too how the Whalers are still. Like with his sons as well, mm. making music. And then the Whalers, my, my dad and brother saw the Whalers uh, relatively recently as well. Mm -hmm. They're still going. But they've mm -hmm. had quite a few. I was trying to look back at who all has been an active member. Like, who would you say are the essential Whalers when, when it comes to mine? Well, of course, well, from a musician point of view, I would say uh, the bass player and the, bro and the yeah, brother. Yeah, Slime Robbie. Mm -hmm. Ash no, Ashton Barrett. Oh, the, okay, that one, yeah. was the bass player, and then his brother was Carlton. Carl Carlton. Yeah, Barrett. They, they uh, to me, they're like the best rhythm section ever. 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 Yeah. And then, yeah, in the Whalers, you had uh, Bob, Peter, and, and Bunny. And no, yeah, no offense to the rest. <laughs> 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 That's my bitch. They're That's all equally important because <laughs> it's social music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we yeah. really need that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it is it is really interesting, you know, if you, if you brought up with that music and you and you can relax in the, in the simplicity between brackets of it, and you can make it really big. Mm -hmm. So all these groups that they have the Roots Radics, for example. You have mm -hmm. when I was in living in Rotterdam, you had a club called Nighttown, which was the Paradiso of Rotterdam. Now it's gone, but there was a programmer there who just got all these these English and and, and Jamaican bands in every year again. It's like really the posters on the street, red, uh, red, gold, and, and green. You can see them, and it's all these names that that sort of sound cryptic. Uh, the Abyssinians and the uh, Roots Radix and all these all these groups and they were all playing in Rotterdam and when when we op when we had my band we opened up for these for these groups you know so we opened up for Roots Radix we opened up for Israel Vibration we opened up for Ika Mouse and so we met all these guys Yay. backstage yes. as white as we were we we had no no uh, people of color in our in our group we had, the singer had dreadlocks but he was a white guy <laughs> that doesn't count. so it was really no it doesn't count at all. <laughs> But uh, he was as close. <laughs> to try to get as close as possible. But uh, you know, so we yeah, I I talked to Ika Mouse, and and then before we went on stage, and like okay, good luck, have a nice show. I think actually we can we can play uh, Ika Mouse track now, to kind of segue into that. Yeah, that's Such so a cool. Coincidence. Yeah, that's why not? A <laughs> <laughs> what a nice little transition. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on a plane, though we gonna Spain. Money. 
That was him. So I had a, I had a camera um, where we were making footage for for our band and our performance in Nighttown, but I thought I'd need to get a shot from Ika Mouse also in it. He was wearing a like a like a big baseball suit, like an American I don't know baseball suit. He's pretty tall, and I'm having my cameraman and I'm and I'm, and I'm pointing the camera at him, and he got he freaked out like nobody filmed the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> like he was this was against his 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 you know Film whatever religion. Nobody feel the mouse, <laughs> and he wanted to take my camera and, and get the tape. I was like, "No, don't do that! Look, I'm I'm I'm, re- I'm erasing it. Look, I'm so I re- re- rewound the tape and uh-huh. pressed, uh, you know." And then he's like, "Yes, it was okay." It, yeah, it was sort of a rasta thing. I don't know. I, I, don't I just saw a video also of Tom Morello uh, being on stage and it's like people around him, and somebody was like with a phone making a selfie, and Tom Morello grabbed the phone and threw it in the audience. <laughs> so it's got the yeah. same mentality. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah it's just, just stop it. No, don't don't be don't be like that. It's yeah. <laughs> awesome. Nobody filmed the mouse. I wanted to ask as well in terms of the reggae artists that might have like broken through uh, in the Netherlands. Were there any particular artists that had more of an impact here or that toured oh, yeah. here? There was a band, you're, you're obviously not from, from the Netherlands, but in, in that same time you had a band called Dumar, who completely copied everything that was going on, but but made it into Dutch leagues. And they were huge, like mm-hmm. seriously, like Beatles, Frenzy. Um, wow. Yeah. Every, every, and they had really young fans also, like maybe 14, 15, 16-year-olds. Um, yeah, it sounds a little bit weird to, to, to say, but there was a group in the Netherlands around 1982, maybe a little bit earlier even. It was my youth, at least, mm-hmm. where they where they could sell out. So they, they they stopped because it was too popular. Like they couldn't they couldn't perform because everybody yeah. was screaming. Wow. Beatles, like, like yeah, said, like yeah. literally Crazy. Beatles. Uh, yeah. So and and they were playing all sorts of reggae, dub reggae, uh, ska, but um, like with smart Dutch lyrics. Very smart mm. Dutch lyrics, and then very you know, cr- actually. They were as musicians, you could say they were like too school to do that music, but they really studied it and then did it really well. So, yeah. nice. So it was actually, especially in the eighties, there was just a lot of reggae at UB40 out on the radio. Like a lot of stuff was on the radio, not mm-hmm. not like today. It's like you don't hear ever. No, it's more of maybe a special Sean segment. Paul or something had one one track uh, maybe a couple of years back. But yeah. it was just interesting to think about how for these artists just breaking in in the UK or the US like I mean with they all wanted to break and that's where how did the music catch on with Jimmy Cliff or Gregory Isaacs like there had to be this one album and that's when it would really take off which speaking of, speaking of Gregory Isaacs mm. I I looked up some quick info about him he guess how many albums he made like he's one of the most prolific producers from as definitely in reggae music but three no, no, like Which he's is, made a is, lot. He's made really a lot. Okay, he's I made just a lot. thought it was incredibly okay. li- little. 300. Yeah. <laughs> 350. Well, well, he's, hold on, let me find, <laughs> it's something, it's something not, well, not that many. I think it was, okay, he's made 126 albums, 781 singles, and has had almost 1,500 featured appearances and collaborations. Wow, that's, yeah. a, that's a busy schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he was also in prison for a little while, so uh, he was all on the outside. <laughs> Wow. Outside of jail time, yeah, yeah, or maybe you wrote some songs inside of jail yeah, time, yeah, or you made a record over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, I also wanted to ask you, Nana, like, because you were saying that 
for the whalers the best rhythm section like what do you listen to uh, when you listen to bass lines especially in reggae well yeah i really love like players that are really good in their area and they appreciate the role they have and they really go in depth with that role so for a drummer like really sticking to the rhythm that that makes th- makes it possible for others to kind of evolve on that and as a bass player i think the role is really between the drummer and and the harmonic instruments because you can play the rhythm but you can also change like the meaning of a chord or like and you can play mel- mel- yeah mel- melodies as well um and i think with those two they're yeah probably it's also because they're family there's something there's a connection that's really i don't know it's re- really special it's like it's like a telepathic thing that they when they play a song together, all the, all the live recordings as well, it's like, it's just magic. And it's, uh, yeah, I will, yeah, it's simple, but it's really exactly to the point and exact, yeah, I, you can, I don't know if I try to play it, I love to try to play it, but it, it's never the same. So it's really special and it's in, in their own department. So I, I think that's why it's so good because you can't point, you can just play along with it and it, and do, it doesn't happen. Wow. <laughs> it's just something for them. And I think, you know, with a lot of music, it has it goes with a certain drug very well. <laughs> like dance music goes very well with ecstasy. Mm. Rock goes very well with beer, uh, and maybe some other things, but also beer. But but reggae goes very well with weed mm. and stones, and and your mind is sort of loose, chilling, yeah. and 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 you don't have to be, you don't hurry. And and if you go to a reggae concert in Nighttown back in the day, you know that would be a, the band. Without the lead singers, they would be just playing for for one and a half hour just to warm up, and everybody was one just and chilling. Hour to warm yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then and then and then the one guy came in, he did a couple of tracks, and they they start a song and they stop the song and they start a song again, and everyone's like, "No, I'll play the song," and stop. And it's just it's just like a it's a, a social event. It's sort mm-hmm. of everybody understands we're not in a hurry. Mm-hmm. It's the show's not sold as one minute 15 and then i was you gonna to ask did you have proper like set times where they would say you had to play it's it's all very very you know unorganized mm-hmm. and stoned and and you're just lucky when everybody's there basically <laughs> um with the whole whalers and, and all these groups like they they reunite and maybe it's not all the all the original members are there but some of them are there and some of them you know do their own thing but it is like a really a social event you know, you just like everybody's dancing on in groups, and it's really nice. Actually, I really miss it, especially now when I think yeah. about it. Yeah. But it's really a cool. And then the the ganja, the wheat, is sort of pretty, you know, essential to enjoy it to the max. Also, with dub reggae, when you when you when you do live dub, it's really you you get into a trance. You know, you can really make mm-hmm. people crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, all these effects, like also yeah. just like mixing a track or listening to music when you're smoke weed it's just a different experience so with all these yeah delay effects it's also it works so well with with if your ears are open to that you know so a lot of psychedelic effects with all of the indeed Mm -hmm. the delay and echo and everything and i for you both like have you do you remember your last reggae concert or do you have a a favorite one that you've uh, been to i actually saw sean paul at pink pop just by no accident. Way. Yeah, he was there. <laughs> I just I went there and, and I was like, you know, oh my god, he's Let's gonna sign him. Yeah, but but I think the 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 series like you had two seven splash festival in the Vesta Park. Uh, I saw Damian Marley there. Yeah. Um, Jean Paul was there too. Um, I think that was the the one 
like three years in 2013, there was a one in Heineken Musical. Yeah. That was where I went when I was 12. Oh, was like nice. With Israel Fabration, Burning Spear, Lucky the Bay, also Jimmy Cliff. Like, I didn't know who these people were, oh. but I was just looking at the lineup today and I was like, what? <laughs> they were all there. Yeah, <laughs> but I, m- I remember Israel Fabration because they came up like with this. Yeah, with the sticks. It took yeah, half an hour for them to get on stage. They all had polio, or yeah. you know, so that's how they met, I think. In wow. a, in a polio. Oh, you should yeah. play reggae on we're, the river well, now. We're playing them. now. Nana chose uh, the same song. Okay. That sounds like good. <laughs> 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 we all gonna sing the same song. The thing with reggae as well um, uh, there's, I guess, it, I would say it's pretty similar in terms of rock, but people, and also when I think of Grateful Dead, people remember the live albums sometimes more than <laughs> the studio. Like, what is your favorite? Oh, it's a '78 live recording and all of this. Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to also see with you both, like, in terms of Bob Marley, who who would you, what track would you most wanted to see live? So he played Ahoy. Oh, did do you he? know that? Yeah. No way. And I was working in a in a grocery store in front of Ahoy. When I was, I don't know, 23. And the guy on the opposite side, he had a flower shop. And he went to the show from Bob Marley. And I always went to him like, can you tell me was what like? was it like? You know, was And he was like, dude, it was so good. And he was telling me about the concert, uh, which was, you know, the Babylon by Boss tour, I think. Mm-hmm. And he was just, and I just always went to him like, just tell me something. Was there anything else that <laughs> happened that day? <laughs> you know, and, uh, so yeah, it was really funny that he was here, actually. But but what was your question what, like again? What, what track, if you could turn time, what would be one track that you would love to have been there involved with? No, to oh. to hear live. <laughs> yeah, I, I have I have. So for me, it it would be Concrete Jungle, nice. because of because of the guitar mm-hmm. sort of insp- inspiration. What I did in the group was was sort of that. That's a rock guitar, mm-hmm. you know, in a reggae track, and so I would pick that one. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite songs, oh. like of all songs. Uh, oh, I still want to cover it then. once. Yeah. But um, live, yeah, I'm, I'm also really in love with the bass line in uh, Waiting in Vain. Um, yeah. So that would be that would be awesome to see that live. Do you have a favorite Bob Marley record as well? Or is it? The best of? The best of. I think that reggae, that that Babylon Babas, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. Me too. If yeah. we count live, I think if you skip if you skip through all the songs on uh, on your CD or, or like they all start the same. <laughs> yeah, they all start the same. You should check it out. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I was and gonna play concrete jungle next. Yeah. I'm gonna Stemming just more. jump yeah. right into the. Let's see. <laughs> That's a different one. Yeah, yeah. A little uh, more smooth. To prove uh, our point wrong. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, hold on, let's try another one. Uh, <laughs> positive, I love positive vibration. Let's see. Yeah. 
Greetings in the name of His Majesty Emperor Aislas I, Jah Rastafari, ever living, ever faithful, ever sure, Selassie I the first. Yeah. Yeah. Rastafari, ever living. Vibration. See that train? Like they're so good that they can just start and it's yeah. immediately there. And that's I think also why people love those live albums because the bands are crazy good. Yeah. So they just life is, is better than than a, than you know a record. I yeah. think like yeah. a, the audience as well. The yeah. the kind of call and response is mm. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think it also has to do with. Like the incredible amount of patience you need to have to do it, you know. Like you need to be super patient to be play a bass line. Like what the hell? You just want to do all these stuff, and you don't need it because you're already doing it, and you just have to let the other ones fill in those gaps. That's yeah. super interesting. Like if you compare it to jazz, where it sounds like everybody's trying, you know keep up with each other and, and, and show off or play a lot of notes and it's also nice I love jazz but but this is completely the opposite it is completely yeah. the opposite it's maybe two chords maybe one chord and then that's it indeed indeed <laughs> <laughs> are there any tracks that you both really want to play as well that you would like to have next so what what was on my what did I have like one on the, on the list yeah we have we have quite a few still. Um, I want to end on toots because uh, R.I.P. from coronavirus. I think it would be nice to end on toots in the Maytals, but okay. we still have we have UB40. Oh yeah, that's I, I think that's a cool one because um, talking about social, you know that UB40 is apparently like this form you have to fill out when you're out of out of work and you want to apply for for help. That's mm-hmm. the UB40 form, and this group is a, is an English group. The singer is white. If you don't know he's white, you wouldn't know. If you see him, like, oh my god, he's, he's and then the the band is black. They're from the UK, and and that record was like such a big record. Everybody was like that in my in my school. Everybody was listening to that record. It's like like what everybody's listening to Boof now. They're all listening <laughs> to UB40. You know. When when was it? This is this is. Also eighties. Yeah, it's early eighties. you choose this track so it's it's like if you if you have a memory a musical memory this is super nostalgic i think it's really that mm-hmm. time you know wasn't wasn't super happy time i think for a lot of people a lot of it's also margaret thatcher is there you know like mm-hmm. it's strikes <laughs> and people have no food and they're out squatters are thrown out of their houses and there's violets on the street and then that music 
fits that that whole vibe like it should you know yeah yeah i mean that's the interesting thing too with roots reggae just the the political message of everything yeah. whether Rastafari very strong or, yeah. yeah everything and like you were saying earlier in terms of class divisions it's it's a lot of songs about the police you yeah know, police brutality police and thieves yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. The, there's one track of alpha blondie in there um so he's from ivory coast the four coast mm-hmm. so it's also interesting that like it, i think reggae also kind of united like what maybe um what's his name now uh, king of africa he's calling himself king of africa now this, this what's his name He's really popular. Yeah, right Burner Boy. Burner Boy, yeah. But what's he? What what he's trying to do now? You know, this was what reggae it's was doing. Yeah, yeah, it's then. the same thing, definitely. And and, and so uh, this guy from Ivory Coast has this song, and it's I think it's in French, but it's also about pr- police brutality, and it was the first first record he brought out. And yeah, it's just the story that it's not. Yeah, it's for everywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, super cool sounds. But it's I, th- I think it's so interesting that like punk had like this, like this mentality of like cr- critique and like rebelling in a very aggressive kind of fuck you kind of way. And and, and th- I think a lot of people listening to reggae now think it's like oh okay, it's all like just One chill love. and stuff. Yeah. But it's really uh, there's a lot of you know criticism towards society there. But it's brought in a way that's more interesting to me you know it's like we can we we're all in this to get together and uh, we don't need to i don't know i don't know use like this angry voice i don't know it's it's a totally different approach which is super interesting and i yeah like we said i hope that that kind of voice and that kind of music is coming back in this time because the, yeah this the situation <laughs> is kind of ready for i feel mm. for that kind of music again do you think rap would be the most similar nowadays in terms of uh Every every musical genre has its curve, and uh, the rap curve uh, has been going on for a very long time, and it just doesn't seem to stop. Mm. It just just very very well fits the time and you know the quickness of it. Like a rap a rap track is, is you can make it quickly. You get some guys together, you rap about what happened yet yesterday, and you can re- release it at the same time. So, but if you look at like what what reggae did, it's way more eloquent and and. You probably have sort of a street party and there's a DJ and they play that song and everybody's sort of dancing to a protest song instead of throwing stones mm-hmm. or, or, or breaking, you know, s- s- shit down. So it's it's a very eloquent, peaceful way, although some of there's also some, some you know, like ragamuffin, like more violent mm-hmm. styles. And, and, and also when it goes fatter, faster and it go, goes almost into rap uh, music, uh, the bubbling styles. That becomes more of a violent thing, and that's also Jamaican music that is just really violent. Um, but but the core of it is like, and it has to do with 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 with, it, with the weed, I think, because you get calm over. You're not gonna fight when you're stoned, really. I think I wouldn't, <laughs> you know. But when you're high on coke and, and beer, you probably you know end up in a fight because somebody's looking too long <laughs> in your in your eyes. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. I think uh, I'll do I'll, I'll do a track now based on as well, just talking about these kind of the political undertones um, 
This is Who Say Jean No Dread by Jacob Miller. Supposedly expected to be kind of the next Bob Marley, but died tragically, um, relatively young. But yeah, too much commercialization of Jarastafari. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It goes back to also what we were saying earlier about Bob Marley on the t-shirts in Amsterdam and one love everywhere. It's it's sad that it's become such a surface that people don't want to explore more and, and mm-hmm. dig into yeah. the meaning. and Yeah. It's it's unstoppable, you know. Yeah. When when it's things get something gets too big, it's uncontrollable. Everybody wants to own a piece of it. Yeah. Um, it it's also a sign that it that it's really a big movement, or had been it has been a big movement with a lot of fans. And it's also the power of music is incredible. You can still listen to these albums, and you're you're at that concert, you know. Yeah. And then you can if you hear it fifteen times, you even forget that you that you weren't there really, but you can put it on and you're there. So the power is is huge. So there's always a downside to it, but but as like me as a white guy ending up in a reggae band had that also s- a lot to do with that that example that they gave. You know, like mm-hmm. the whole outfit that we had was based on the Bob Marley band because you want to have the, the female backing singers. You want to have all these elements so you can do it mm-hmm. and do the same thing. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's also. I don't know. It's a. It's. I'm. I don't know if I can articulate what I'm trying to say properly, but it's definitely even like what we were saying in terms of how if people kind of never explore beyond uh, a certain point, because it's still the kind of genre where you when you hear the tracks, it's such you get a, such an insular feeling where you really feel something different that made you want to be in a band and made all of three of us have this response to reggae. Mm-hmm. You, it's special in that way. I think reggae for me is the only genre where this feeling you can always come back to. You'll never lose it. If that makes sense, I don't know. Mm. Uh, it's a big, uh, yeah. But but I have to say, like from from all music, like sometimes it took me years to understand why something was re- actually really great. Yeah, mm-hmm. like true. I have a very embarrassing relationship with uh, Bob Dylan. Same. Uh, where <laughs> I was like, you know, this guy can he can't sing. It's very <laughs> ugly. And it's not. It's not that fantastic, guys. Like really, or he's like can mention fifteen other guys that are better than him, and then. Uh, one point I have, a, I have a girlfriend and she really got mad at me. She said, like, you're really wrong. This is really not okay. <laughs> if you want to be with me, you got to accept gotta like this him. stuff. You know, and then, then I actually was okay, you know. Yeah. My mom never really liked David Bowie. So she never played David Bowie. And I was like, how can you not? What is wrong with you? Like, why did you get this record? You should have gotten this record. I just didn't didn't like him. So I was too late on that on that party as well, but, you know. Never yeah. too late to join in. No, I think it's also yeah. It's just um, you can not everybody can love the same thing because like the same. Th- I had the same thing with Bob Dylan. And recently, I tried to get Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, and I, I listened <laughs> to a really interesting conversation by him, and I was like really blown away. But then I st- 
try to listen to the music again, it yeah. just it just doesn't click. What, what record did you listen to? I listened to a lot, like uh, like the first two, and then uh, the Nebraska one. Yeah, and Nebraska is yeah. could be of your liking. Yeah, yeah, I really like. Yeah. I thought, yeah. like, oh, this is nice. But then I tried some different records, and I, yeah, it's just I don't yeah. know. It just doesn't click, and 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 that's fine. You know, I, I really think he's an interesting guy, but I yeah, you can't force somebody to oh. to find that click with him. So it has to be an experience, or I don't know. It has to be it come from somewhere, and I think that's that's fine. So if people will never love reggae, some of my friends, I will just have to live with it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like uh, sometimes, this is where it gets a little tricky. Like when Eric Clapton starts, you know, playing, mm. uh, I shot the sheriff. Ah, I'm out. You know, I, mean, I didn't really <laughs> like. No, it is I didn't like the years. version to begin no, with. No, it's, yeah. it's actually like musically yeah. speaking, it's all working. You know, it's but yeah. but it's no. Yeah, but interesting. Like my drummer, he that's his, the first version he heard of that song. Yeah, wow. you know? so to him, it's like wow. it's an entry that point, like yeah. really a thing. So, yeah, I'm not gonna say to him like that's wrong. You know, no, it's no, no, I'm not. But I just <laughs> personally know from the yeah. it comes from yeah. a different place, and you can actually yeah. dig deeper, like you said. You know, there's, <laughs> there's stuff happened before. <laughs> I should deserve. <laughs> But then again, you know, bands like the Police, mm. who are uh, definitely all white, and and they just made it into something, you know, something else than just reggae. But it was definitely rooted in reggae, but maybe also punk. And uh, yeah. yeah, I would I wouldn't call that in a big like hit reggae storybook. That would be like a little bit of a side note. But still, you know, that's that's a reason for maybe a white kid to to find out like where's that coming from in a, in a nice way. But it's interesting now thinking about these these big artists and these white bands, how they had so much respect for for mm. reggae, whereas mm. that just didn't always translate down to their to the fan base in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it depends maybe on the band or um, I don't know, like when I think of Eric Clapton or I think of uh, the police, I can't imagine a lot of the fans then all of a sudden being really also into, into reggae. <sighs> This is, there's also like I think historically speaking a painful situation where every time the white dude starts doing sort of the same thing, it becomes big and you can make money of it. Whereas the yeah, originators absolutely. never make that same amount or get the same respect. Back with to the, the copyright Stones issue with, as well. With yeah, the, yeah, but also to but Marley and the Whalers, like he was kind of the yeah the half white mm-hmm. kind of in, uh, digestible version of huh. Jamaican reggae. He was sold this way as well. Yeah, and yeah. that's unfortunately. What what made this so big? And uh, you can ignore the fact that that was a factor. I think that he was kind of like people could like him, you know, more easier maybe than Peter Tosh. Um, yeah. Yeah, they 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 have recognized a little bit of themselves in yeah. him in a mm-hmm. way when he was wearing the Adidas and playing football and actually did some some white stuff, you know. Yeah. With uh, with uh, also with his uh, jeans and you know it was very fashionable almost. Yeah. Know. Absolutely. It reminds me back to my mom was telling me about a Whitney Houston interview, how she said whenever I'd go out, you know, you put on your, your white people accent. This is how I'm going to speak to make mm. the white people like me. And it's it's yeah. devastating that that's a reality. It's amazing, and right? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, I wanted to first, before we, we close with Toots, just see if there's any tracks you both wanted to play um, in particular. Yeah, there's thousands of tracks I want to <laughs> play. I want to play almost a Bob Dylan track now. Did he make <laughs> reggae, you think? <laughs> Can't think of any Another, yeah. <laughs> anything. Let's not go there. No. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of uh, white singers, <laughs> no, there's the you pick you pick one, Ali. It's your party. Yeah, I just played the last one, but I maybe we can then collectively decide on a Toots and the Maytals track if 
if anyone has a preference. Oh. Just as a nice kind of um like like you want me to mention a uh, a track for Well, from I was going to play Time Tough, but then otherwise yeah, we can that's, play. Yeah, that's really okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, then we're going to also close out with this one. So, any any parting words you you both have? Um it's on my bucket list to v- to visit Jamaica once. Yeah, me too. Um this is this is going to be weird, you know, because um probably going to going to you feel very white when you're there, and maybe it's not. A, it's not. A, it's probably dangerous even to walk certain areas and stuff. But I, I really have it on my list to to go there and chill, smoke some weed, and, and go to a party there, see what's actually going on. Because I think it's still the same mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. You know, you just need a guitar and a bass and a, and a drum, and then the people are the kids are playing the classics. Probably, I'm really looking forward to it. Also, I think there's. It, the fact of how much music came from this little island and that we'll never hear because it never was distributed, printed on vinyl, mm. up, anything. It, I can't imagine going there and being yeah. confronted with this wave of just fantastic stuff. Yeah. 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 And it's it's just, you know, it's a very poor, I think it's a poor uh, island. And so the only thing that people have back in the day, but maybe still now, is, is that music. So the urgency is just way bigger than, than, than other other places. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, for me, I, I can't wait for now with concerts and stuff, getting back. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just waiting for a reggae band to come play in Party Zone. I'm going to take my mom and my sister and I can't wait to go there. Just also talking about this is like, ah, I want to be, be yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> I, I will. But my mom told me today that she is not going to do that. So that's okay, be you can blow the smoke in her face in <laughs> yeah. the face, like the old days. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah. I'm really looking forward. You should join. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to totally, totally join. Yeah. Um, so that's it. And yeah, thank you both so much. I'm so happy we closed out Tumbling Dice with, with is talking it, about is it like the, the, Is it, is it going to stop the station? Or, or no, what? no, the station's going to continue. I might be coming back as a new program, a new format, different place. So okay. a little uh, under wraps to be determined. But just now, follow uh, Tumbling Dice Radio, the <laughs> new the new Instagram page. I, I soon. almost just was gonna say forget what my Instagram <laughs> was. <laughs> yeah, the the new Instagram won't exist probably. But anywho, um, yeah, thanks for listening, and thank you again, Dennis and Nana, for for joining. And take care, everybody. Get up in the night I couldn't stand my feelings no. Early in so the morning